Hello, hello, and welcome, one and all, to Two Girls in a Pod, Life's Journey and Everything in Between. This is Sharon. I'm Christy. Hello, everybody. Hope everybody is having a really great day today. Our podcast today is on setting boundaries using effective communication. And one of the reasons we thought to talk about this is because when we start to set boundaries, there's a lot of people who just absolutely hate boundaries. And I get it I to some degree. Boundaries might make somebody feel like they're being shut off or cut off from somebody's life or I mean, there's a multitude of reasoning for that, but what we want to talk about today is the importance of boundaries and that boundaries are about the person who's making the boundary. It's not about trying to do something against somebody else or anything like that. It truly is about saying, this is where I'm at in my space at this moment, and this is all I can give, or this is all I can take. This is all that I can handle in this moment. So. It's about how do we do that? And people will say, well, once again, if I set a boundary, then I'm afraid if I tell people, well, I won't do this or I won't do that or say no, that they're going to think I'm being mean. Once again, we have to remember that's about them. That's not about if the intent is not to be mean and you know that's not your intent, then and you know it's just about you, then you have to focus on the you piece of that, then have that conversation later. This has been quite a day for Christy and I. We've actually had a day of a lot of communication, you know, and just talking about where people are at and why boundaries are important and what is boundaries for you? Why? What is the relevance to you? Well, I've been learning the importance of boundaries. I think that's just normal with everybody. As you go along, you learn what you can accept and what you can't. And sometimes it's hard to enforce those things, but finding that once you do set those boundaries, how much more rewarding the relationship can actually be. Because once you set those boundaries, it gives you a little latitude, I feel like, to express yourself. It comes, I think, after the boundary is accepted. I mean, it's a process. You set that boundary at first, there are people that will come up against that and not be okay with it. And you have to use your communication skills in those moments. But once that boundary is established and you're able to see what becomes of that, you find it's very rewarding for yourself, but also for what that relationship looks like. Did you feel before that, that like, if you set a boundary, did you feel like that people were going to be upset with you or feel like you didn't care? Or did you feel like you were doing something against them? Absolutely. Because, you know, as you said, there are a lot of people that don't like boundaries and some of them will just be upfront and tell you that I don't like boundaries. (laughs) A lot of people don't, but what you find is, like I said, it becomes so rewarding for you. Once you are able to do that, you figure out the importance of it. And I think separating that out too and realizing the boundary is truly about you and where you're at in your space at that time. And then it becomes, how do we articulate that to the person that we're talking to? How do we help them to understand that when I'm setting a boundary, it's not about hurting you. It's There's no intent. But then that goes back to that thing of 
We've talked in the previous episodes about people taking things personally. When somebody is setting a boundary, it's not about the other person and it's not about the other personal person taking it personally. In those relationships, when we're able to set boundaries and we're able to do that for ourselves, what our hope is, is that the person we're setting a boundary with, if they're important in our life, that they understand it's about our happiness. It's about what's relevant and what's important to us at that moment. It's not about the actual relationship. And I think that is sometimes a very difficult thing for people to not take personally, you know, because if you sit there and you say to that person, you know what, I'm going to have to take a, a moment away from whatever that relationship is, because I need to work on me or I need to work on my family or whatever that is, my job, it could be anything. And they go to that place of feeling like you're deserting them or stuff, sitting down and explaining, oh my gosh, you're so important to me. I want to keep this relationship, but right now this is all about me and and what I need to do and trying to do that, but remembering to stop and think, what is the most relevant thing that that person that I care about really needs to know? And sometimes it's a job. Sometimes it's not just in relationships, your personal relationships like that, but sometimes it can be in a job, in a group, in a, I mean, the list goes on of the type of commitments that we have in our lives and how sometimes we can overcommit and then we overcommit. And then it's like, now I've got to kind of try to rein it back in, but I don't know how to do that in a way that I'm not going to be hurtful to somebody. And I think that it's, it's really having those conversations and figuring out how to do it and still keep that piece of you that's relevant and important and not getting lost in it and then saying, oh, no, this isn't important. You know, OK, that's OK. I'm not going to do it because it's not that important or, or we kind of back away from it and we shy away from it. And then we lose ourselves once again. And especially if you're met with some adversity for it, you know, if that person is not willing to accept it. And I think that that's part of one of the main fears with setting a boundary is is that person going to accept this is where I am? And if they don't, what does that mean for that relationship? I agree. And, you know, even for me, I used to work on Saturdays. So I used to work Tuesday through Saturday, and then it, it got to be a lot. And then I found I was working a lot. And, and I found, you know, this is 20 years into doing this. And I thought, you know, I don't really want to work Saturdays anymore to be able to enjoy the things that happen on Saturdays that I never got to know, you know, the farmer's market. That was a big thing for me. I never got to go to the farmer's market. And I would sit and talk to Christy about that. And then, you know, a client would say, well, I can only be seen on Saturday. And and I had like this internal struggle with that. So Christy and I sat down and we talked about it. And then I had to remember that this was about me. This was about our relationship. This was about all the things we wanted to do and explore that we weren't able to do. And realizing it didn't make me a less effective therapist or make it to where, because I always gave people the option, you know, so I increased my hour by an hour during the weekdays in order to accommodate people to make sure that I was still meeting the needs of those people. But at the same time, realizing that setting up that boundary and telling people, no, I can't do this any longer was about me and about my relationship. But I was just a little bit of a slow learner, wouldn't you say? Because it took me what? three summers, <laughs> about three summers to finally say, you know, 
to kind of say, okay, you know, yeah, I'm done with this. No, I want to do something different. And, you know, once I did it and we've done it now for a year or two, probably two, two, I find I'm really enjoying that time. It gives us time to do stuff like this podcast and, and to go hiking and to go meet up with friends and okay, minus the COVID year, we don't get to count that because that just kind of screwed everybody up. But we had that first year where we had that opportunity to go and do things and explore. We had been here for like four years and it wasn't until 2019 that we actually even went to Garden of the Gods and things like that, you know, that they're not even very far from here. Those are the things that we will compromise and we don't realize how much we compromise in not setting boundaries and in not communicating what our needs are in our relationships. And that's all boundaries are. Christine, I talked about this earlier today. She goes, well, what about parent-child relationships? And I said, those are really important because children actually get security with boundaries. When they know what is expected of them, they do much better. It's when we as adults go back and forth with the boundary, you know, it's like, yeah, you can do this. No, you can't do this. And we do this. Then it just creates some confusion. But if we're consistent with the boundary, just as in adults, you know, if we set an, a boundary with an adult and then it's like, no, every Sunday is off limits, you know, that's our, t-. and then we sit there and say, oh yeah, there's this exception and there's this, ex-, and you know, or on and on and on to those people, then that boundary no longer has value. And you find that with kids, if you set up boundaries and structures of this is your day, you know, when you get home from school, you have to have your snack and you have to do your work and then you can have your time on your games or whatever. And then you start doing that thing of, oh, no, go on, you, for whatever reasons going on internally with you, or there's a little bit of a kickback from the kid, then it's like, no, it's okay. Go on ahead and play your game for half an hour. Go on and play a game for 20 minutes. Then you can do your homework and boundary is structure. When we set up boundaries, it's parameters, it's structure. When there's lack of consistency, it's hard to keep that going. Mm -hmm. And I think that people will oscillate on that. I think that when we're setting up boundaries with people that we love and care about, we kind of go back and forth because then we might set being too harsh. You know, should I, maybe we can change it a little bit or, and I mean, Christy and I go back and forth on this every once in a while in certain situations in our life. She'll be the strong one and I'll say, well, you know, is that a little too harsh? Or if I'm the one being a little more about the boundaries, she might say, well, you know, maybe, but that's okay. We're still having that communication around it. And then at the end, we've actually done much, much better about keeping those boundaries. And what we have found is it's made for a very, a much happier, healthier home for us. Don't you agree? Yeah. I think that, like you say, keeping that consistency, it starts to play out over time that that just becomes what's normal. It's like creating that habit Mm -hmm. because you have that boundary. The other person knows what's expected. And that's why I say, I think it can be so rewarding once you get to that place. It is hard, you know, sometimes at first, because you don't know what to expect from that person, but consistency is really a key thing. And sometimes it's, what does that boundary have to look like? Or is it too harsh of a boundary? And I always tell people, ask yourself, what is it that you're needing for you? And I, the thing is, is that we cannot continue to give to others out of our cup, so to speak, because once our cup is depleted, 
then we create another issue on the back burner. And sometimes our cup is depleted, not because the other person, but because of our lack of ability to say no and our lack of ability to set up those boundaries. But then we get frustrated and we blame the other person. But when we really sit and be real with it, we're the guilty party in this because we're the one who is not setting up that boundary. We're the one who's not saying, I need this time to fill my cup back up again. Because the more we do that, the more we can give to other relationships. But we have to first give a little to, you know, we have to give enough to ourselves, I should say. Then it's kind of like if you picture that pebble going into the water, you're the pebble. But if you take care of yourself, then it grows and you got that ripple effect where then you can give a little more to your spouse, to your children, to your significant others, to whoever that family system is. And then from there, maybe you then go out to your your job and then to your community. But you can't do that if you are depleted. And oftentimes I have found that people are depleted because of their inability to set up a boundary about what they need to fill that cup back up. And then it creates these issues. And we have boundaries even within our relationships. But people don't sit there and talk about that. It's kind of like when people get married, they don't talk about being parents. Here comes the kid. And you know, we were talking about that earlier. And it's like, oh, here's the kid. And it's not like when the kid is born, there comes this parent manual that says, you know, if this happened, go, go to page 37 to help you through it. No, you start to muddle through that. Well, it's the same thing with boundaries. We're, it's hard because when you think back, I think for my time period, there were boundaries set, but it wasn't done in the same way it's done today, that you you had expectations, all of those things, and you just knew how to do, you know, you just followed that because it stayed consistent. As Christy said, it was that consistency. If you got up at five in the morning, you got up at five in the morning. Unless, you know, we, you know, dad was feeling a little uh generous and we got to stay until 530 or something. That could be the reward for hard work or whatever we were doing. But once again, there was an understanding of that. And, you know, we fast forward today, and I think that we need more verbalization for those things because I think we're getting so many mixed messages sometimes. And I think in those mixed messages, that's where we start to have this breakdown. And that's where we start, you know, I constantly hear from clients, friends, family, I'm tired. I'm tired. Well, why are you tired? You're now working, you know, you're working 50 hours a week. You're working when you're not supposed to be working. It's everybody from clinicians to us as therapists and stuff like that. It's whether you're working at Walmart or whatever. Hey, somebody didn't show up for shift. Can you come in? You know, you've worked five days in a row now, six, seven. And I often hear that from my clients of how much they're working. And then they're always tired. And then the thing is, is they'll tell me, I really don't want to work though. Well, why didn't you tell them that? Well, I don't want to mad at me. I don't want to lose my job. We're not going to lose your job because you've already worked the hours that you were told to work, but they don't understand that. So they keep giving and giving and giving until pretty soon they're fed up with that. They walk off the job or they just become really unhappy. Once again, that's that lack of setting boundaries. That's that lack of saying, you know, I, and I tell people, I have my phone, but I let the clients I work with know I'm not a 24 hour service. These are my work hours. You can call and leave me a message and stuff. I will get back to you, but I will always gladly 
But I found that before I was working a lot and I was tired a lot. I am much, much less tired now. I think that one of the key things about setting the boundary is that is that you have to give the focus to what it is you need. And that's where people lose it a lot of the time. I think so many people are so busy talking about what they don't want and they're not giving the message clearly to the other person. This is what I do need. That's a really good point. Because if I say to Christy, I don't want to work this many, I don't want to work this many hours. The person can then say, okay, well, I'll take two hours off because they're really hearing what you're saying. But then in your head, you're getting upset because what you're really saying is, I don't want to work that day at all. But that's not the message you're giving. And that's why communication is important to be clear in what we say, because you have to remember what the other person is hearing. So if I was going to set that up, my thing to Christy would be, you know what? I'm not going to be taking extra shifts. I'll work the shifts I'm assigned. But for right now, at least for the next month, I'm not going to take any more extra shifts. Thanks for considering me and stuff, but that's where I'm at right now. But if I say, I feel like I'm working too many hours, that person's going to say, okay, I'm just going to, I'll cut out two hours because it's still less than you're working, but it's not really what you want. And so those are things that are important. Being clear in your message. But like Christy said, you have to be clear in what it is that you want and need in those moments. And I think that oftentimes we think we have the clarity. We think we're saying what we're saying in order to set up boundaries, but we're really not. And that's something I work a lot with when I'm working with clients. And if it, whether it's couples or parent-child is I listen to them when they're setting those up. I always love this too, because parents will have an expectation of a child and setting up those boundaries of we expect the boundaries in, or the thing in the home is that I'm not the one who's going to cater to you. So you, I'm expecting you to do some things in the home or those kind of things so that you're not completely depleted as the parent. Okay. So you're creating this relationship, but I will often hear even in, and we're talking about this communication because it's all about communication, how the other person hears these messages. The parent in my office tells the child, will you please put the toys away? The child turns around and says, no. The parent gets upset at the child. I told you, and I says, no, you didn't. I said, you asked them, would you please put the toys away? That is a yes or no answer. Or possible, maybe. But it's yes or no. The parent goes, well, no, it's like implied. I says, you can't imply. And not just with children, we can't imply with adults. Christy's over here shaking her head like, uh-uh, no, don't do that. Why were you, what were you thinking? You want just, you can't do that because the other person does not have a clear idea of what's expected of them if you never tell them. You're, if you're always saying what you don't want, and it doesn't matter if it's child or adult or what. Mm-hmm. And I agree. And I think, you know, I work a lot on that in communication is that implied stuff because what I may be implying may not be the same message that Christy hears. Well, and as much as I want you to take a hint, maybe you're not going to take a hint. Maybe you refuse to do that. So I have to put it plainly. And I don't know if it's that I don't want to take a hint 
I think I might just be interpret, I may be interpreting the hint differently. <laughs> so, and I, so I think that's what it is. But once again, all of this is about effective communication around how do we set up boundaries for ourselves? How do we tell those other people no? Who really likes to hear the word no? I don't. You know, and oftentimes we want what we want when we want it. And I was working with a young lady on the autism spectrum, and she told me that one day. She goes, I just want it. And I said, you know what, honey, you and I are alike. And she kind of stopped and looked at me. She goes, what? I said, I'm like you. I want what I want when I want it. I says, but you know what? I don't always get what I want when I want it. <laughs> I said, because there are other people who have boundaries around that. I can't have everything I want, but we have that thing of that instant gratification even if it means we step on somebody else's boundaries. We talked a little bit about that when it's in our last episode where we're talking about that effective communication where somebody says, I need a reset, I need a timeout. And you turn around and the person's right behind you. That's a boundary. When I say, I do not want to talk about this right now, that is a boundary. And clearly the other person's not hearing it is if I'm walking and the person's behind me. And they're still talking. Well, no, we need to resolve this right now. And I get that a lot in couples therapy. And sometimes parent-child. And it's like, no, that's a boundary. But the other person didn't hear it because the the thing that's driving them is that thought process in their head. So they never listened with intention. They never truly heard the message. But it also becomes the responsibility of the person who's setting the boundary to stop and say, hey, wait. I don't know if you clearly heard me. This is strong and hard boundary for me. Right now, I need 10 to 15 minutes where we're not talking so I can think about this. And I need you to hear this. And I need you to honor this. And most times boundaries bear repeating with people. There is some truth to that. And not that people are trying to, I don't think people are with intention sitting there trying to step on everybody's boundaries. I don't think that at all. But what I do think is happening sometimes is that we get, once again, we, we are not listening with intention. We are not truly engaged in that conversation where I'm talking and I'm hearing, you know, and I'm expecting the other person to hear what I'm saying. But at the same time, I'm expecting them to hear my message. It's a back and forth situation. But sometimes we're not having that. We're not listening with intention. We're not truly hearing the messages. And therefore, we're stepping on somebody's boundaries. And even sometimes with kids, they'll tell their parents, I don't want to talk about it. Well, we need to talk about it. We need. Sometimes the reason they say that is because like adults, they don't know what is wrong. They really have no idea. Sometimes it even takes you a minute to figure out what it is that in order to set a boundary, what it is that you need. So you have to take that few minutes to say to yourself to get clarity about what it is that you need to tell that person to make sure that they understand. And sometimes I agree with that. And sometimes we'll muddle through boundary setting too, because we think we have clarity and maybe that person does that, but it doesn't meet the need that we, the way we thought it would. So then it's like, We have to pause and it means we come back to them and say, you know, I thought I wanted this, but that's really not what I want. It's more like this. That is what I'm needing or expecting. Because I think it does take, like you said, that a few moments sometimes, or maybe even longer than that to really truly get that clarity. Because sometimes we think we know what we want 
we set the boundary and that might happen. And then it doesn't, and it's like, no, that's not it. And so we have to go back and revisit it and try to figure out, as you said, Christy, get that clarity. What is it that I need? And, you know, once again, it's how do we listen to those things? And this is something that I think we've gotten much better at. But once again, we've been together a little while. Early on, I think it kind of was weird because I think it was sometimes we did it really, really well. Then we would have moments where it wasn't as good. And you know what I mean? But I think the fact that we started out with such a strong friendship, even in friendships, we have unspoken boundaries that we don't even realize. You know, it's kind of like knowing that when you were doing certain things, that was your time and you went and did that. I went and did my stuff. And it wasn't like we, you infringed upon those things. So I think there's like sometimes those unwritten things or untalked about things that just happen naturally in friendships and things like that. I think that that is another thing that's super relevant and super important. I cannot believe this, you know, because we told you this is very organic our neighbor decides to mow their lawn right now. So we just went ahead and moved locations so that we didn't have that uh, lawnmower going on in the backyard. So anyway, as we were talking about that, that thing of how do we set those boundaries and how do we really learn to express ourselves in a way. So we've got that piece, but then the, the other piece is shutting down that voice in us that says, if I set this boundary, I'm going to hurt somebody or somebody's going to be mad at me. Or they're not going to want to be my friend anymore. Or because that's another big piece to it is the fear is the assumptions, which we talked a little bit about too. Not assuming what somebody else is going to think and feel based on our conversation or on our boundary that we set. But a lot of people will focus so much on the other person's interpretation the boundary we're going to set. So oftentimes people talk themselves out of setting the boundary before they even set it or before the other person even has a chance to respond. Do you find that you did some of that before? Absolutely. Because you know, with some people you're, you already have an idea of how they're going to respond to a boundary. And guess what you just have to realize is that it pays out going forward. What do you mean by that? Because Eventually, by doing that, you're, you're taking care of yourself by setting that boundary. So you get to speak your truth by setting that boundary with them. And even if they aren't very accepting of it, it's for what has happened from my experience is that that relationship over time, if I'm consistent, morphs into something better. It improves, I feel like, over time. Okay, and that's when the other person has a willingness to accept the boundary or at least adjust to the boundary. Yeah, at least adjust to it, even if it's not what they want to hear. I think the other important thing is, is that setting a boundary and changing a relationship by setting a boundary, we have to give the other person time to adjust. I think sometimes we have this idea that Everybody's supposed to respond and react the way we want them to. And if they don't, then we have been so wronged or whatever that we will almost give up on the relationship instead of giving them the opportunity to think about it, to change with it and understand if it's something new, that person you're setting the boundary with 
there's the potential they're going to mess up on it. But of course they are. And the reason they're going to mess up on it is because it's still new. It's like learning, as you said, a new habit and stuff. There, you have to give people time to adjust to it. You know, as you're learning to adjust to setting a boundary. So it is something that takes a little bit of time. But I would say if you feel the relationship is worth it, then you give it the time it needs to grow. Because I think basically what you're saying is the boundary gives the relationship an opportunity to grow in a more healthy way. Yes. And that's all it's about because it is about the individual. My boundary is about me, but it's also about how does it help the relationship? Because unhealthy boundaries means there's a that the potential is that you're having an unhealthy relationship anyway. And sometimes those unhealthy relationships without boundaries, people will say, that's another reason people feel tired in their relationships is because there's, it's, there's unhealthy boundaries. There's unhealthy communication. So they feel drained all the time because they're trying to anticipate. They're overthinking. They're doing all of those things that make the relationship much more difficult than having those conversations, setting up those boundaries, figuring out what I need because a boundaries, a boundary is about us. But sometimes it's about making the relationships around us feel that much better, stronger. And relationships don't end from setting boundaries. Relationships end often from having no boundaries. And people get confused by that. And when I'm talking about boundaries, I'm not talking about power and control. Setting a boundary is not power and control. So not to misconstrue this and think that telling somebody... Well, my boundary is you have to be home by eight o'clock every night. You can't talk to this person or that person. Those are unhealthy boundaries. And that's not about the individual. That's about insecurities and that's about power and control. So I don't want what I'm saying to be misconstrued. That's not what that means. And there are people who will take messages and they will morph them into what they feel they need or manipulate them. And everybody has the right to do that. But I try to, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is be very clear and concise. Everything we're talking about is about being healthy. It's not about manipulation. It's not about those things. It's not about taking the words and turning them around and making them into something else. Boundaries are about the health of an individual, the health of relationships, the health in our jobs. It's an overall wellness type of thing. And it's not, and once again, it's not about taking that and trying to make it into something it's not. So if you are a person who feels like in your communications or in your, in your relationship where you're communicating, if you're feeling that thing of incongruency of they say this, but I don't know if they mean this, I'm supposed to do this, but I'm not, you don't, you're not clear. That's because there's not clear, concise boundaries and expectation within that relationship. And you'll feel it. You'll know it. You'll know that that's happening. You know, oftentimes, you know, we talk about in marriages, you know, when you get married, there's there's boundaries around that that are implied, that are laws that are, you know, you can be religious or whatever. So you go into even a marriage with these boundaries that set up the structure of a marriage. Okay. Now, the thing is, is what you also find is that even in that different relationships have different boundaries, 
but oftentimes we'll take on the ideas, uh, whether it's a religion or what you've heard all your life. It does, it doesn't matter where it comes from, wherever that verbiage comes from. So oftentimes people will set up their relationship based on that. And then they can find out that they're unhappy with those boundaries because they may feel like they're being constrained or whatever it is. And one of the things I find is that oftentimes a little more now that people who even are in marriages and the boundaries for marriage are, of course, monogamy and those kind of things. And, and they, they'll come to me and they'll say, I struggle with this because I know this is the way the structure of it. And these are the boundaries and parameters of their relationship, but it's not what I feel. I feel like I need more than that. Then my response becomes, then go talk to the person you're with and talk about, can they live with switching the boundaries? Or can you live with staying within those boundaries? Because those are all just arbitrary boundaries that were made. And society has kind of said, okay, this is kind of the norm. But people get into those relationships and realize maybe it's not their norm. When on our first episode, we kind of talked about that, that we're going to be talking about multiple kinds of relationships, polyamorous relationships. They have different sets of boundaries. And when we talk about the BDSM community, they're really about boundaries. They're very clear on what is expected, what can and cannot happen. If you do not comply with those boundaries, then you basically don't get a play. So they're very clear. Boundaries are very, very, very important in some of these lifestyles, polyamorous ones. When we're talking about swinging, you know, when you're talking about open marriages, all of those things, they really have to work on boundaries and parameters around how they set that up. And I tell people when they come to me in that particular instance, you have to know what you are. You have to know what the boundaries are for you. And I have people who come and they'll say, yeah, I can do this. And in my head, I'm thinking, I don't think you can, but you know, it's all up to you. And then they come back and say, you know, that does not feel comfortable for me. I don't feel like I can have an open marriage or I don't feel like I, but I really love the person I'm with and I don't know how to navigate that. Then it's go back and talk about those boundaries. Go talk about what you feel like you really can truly accept and not accept. Because sometimes when we're talking about boundaries, sometimes there are times where that boundary does not go with us. And if that's the case, then I tell people, be honest about that. Be forthcoming. Do your best to to communicate what's going on with you, feeling-wise and stuff. But boundaries come from all over the place. Marriage is a good one. That boundary's kind of been set up since forever. And people fall into it, and then they feel like they're not supposed to. We have people who, LBGTQ+, plus, who get into marriages and stuff and then realize you know, I'm living a lie, but they fall within the boundary of that marriage and stuff. And then they're very torn about how do I still honor and respect that boundary? Because I love that person, but it's not truly how I am. So then there's conversations around that. It's within our relationships, the relationships that are truly, truly important to us. Those are the ones that we have to have the most communication around boundaries, because we will get upset when people set up new rules but instead of talking about it, we'll be angry about it. And then we'll let the rule stay there until we're really, really, really angry about it. Then the fight is on. And then we're going to have an argument about it. Then we're going to blame the other person. But remember, in those situations, both people involved have an equal responsibility to express 
what is valid and important to them. And I think that's one of the things like people become so fearful of telling that person what their boundary is, not realizing, as you mentioned earlier, the relationship is already based on unhealthy choices because you're not setting that precedent for what you need. So, you know, if you're looking to improve things, you have to start somewhere. And I think that that comes through the boundary setting. It's kind of like earlier today when somebody told us, you have to be open to change. And that to me was such a powerful statement because we have to be open to change. We have to be open to hear somebody's boundaries. Boundaries are important because it's something that we feel like we maybe can control because they're ours. So if it is something we can control, then we need to look at that and we need to decide in that, is it important enough for me to keep who I am or would I rather lose me a little bit of me and stay where I'm at? But everybody, in order to be in a different space than they are right now, have to be open to change. They have to be open to the willingness to learn. They have to be open to the willingness to listen to somebody else, and particularly in the area of boundaries, because they're so important to us and we just don't talk about them. And realizing that that, you know, often means that you have to move out of your comfort zone because, you know, not setting the boundary is where you've been. You're complacent in it. You're comfortable with how it's been functioning, even though you know it doesn't feel right. And that's what keeps you in that place, I think. Well, and I think, too, that's a really good point is that we don't realize we become complacent because sometimes when we start out wherever we're at, that boundary is okay. But as we start to grow and evolve and look, you know, have more of that internal journey where we're learning out about who we are, whatever, you know, where we want to be, we realize that the boundary or the parameters that we were living in no longer work for us because we're not the same person. But in that complacency, I think is where we start to blame others or feel stuck. Not understanding the reason that you're feeling stuck is because you're not verbalizing the change that you need to a boundary or that you need to add a boundary where maybe there wasn't a boundary. If you're embarking on something and the person you're with says, knocks whatever it is that you're trying to learn or whatever, whether it's guitar, I don't care what it is, whether it's emotional journey or occupational journey. It can be any of those things. But if they're sitting there and they're having negative input with you to set up a boundary that says, you know what, this is an area we're not going to talk about. This is a hard, fast boundary. And in our lives, believe it or not, if you sit back and think there are some that are hard, fast boundaries. I know I have them. Do you feel like you have some that are just hard and fast that it's a hard no? Yes. And I will tell about certain things. I'll say, nope, not going to go there. Nope, that's not a topic of conversation. And that's about me and my self-preservation. That's about, it's not, I'm not going to talk with you. It's not, I don't want to have a relationship with you. Sometimes it's just, and it can be on a professional level. This is an area we're not going to discuss this or, you know, respecting other people, but people will try to oftentimes influence us and they cross that boundary when they're either trying to make us think or feel a different way or, and it's because sometimes they want us to think and feel the way they do. 
So if I'm hurt, I cross that boundary because then be hurt with me or angry with me or whatever that is. And being able to set that precedence and saying, no, this is a hard no for me. And agreeing to disagree. Yes. That is such a huge thing in setting boundaries is that agree to disagree. This may not be your way that you navigate the world. You may not like the boundaries and that's okay. You don't have to like them, but let's agree to disagree. I get you don't like boundaries. That may not change with you, but at the same time, respect that I do have a boundary and boundaries are about respect. And then from there, you can learn how to function with that because, you know, there are times where that people aren't going to want to agree with you. And so if they disagree, then you got to go from there in, you know, how, what that relationship looks like Absolutely. around that topic, whatever yeah. it is. And we're talking about topics, you know, and I mean, it's not you going chuck your relationship because you don't agree with one or two things. No, oftentimes we weren't going to agree, but that's okay. It's once again being respectful to agree to disagree, but it's being respectful on those hard no's. And I really, and, and that's something I work with my clients on is, you know, whether it's because of trauma or whatever, they have to have some hard no's in order to keep them healthy. And sometimes they struggle with that, that hard no, because they don't want to be hurtful. But at the same time, without that hard boundary, they can be very hurt. And that's what we're trying to avoid. And that's what we're trying to do this is setting up those boundaries, but being able to articulate it. Once again, we're going to do a little recap. It goes back to say what you mean, speak your truth. If it's something that's uncomfortable for you, set that boundary, but be very clear on your boundary. Be firm. Don't be indecisive in it or oscillate back and forth, particularly whether it's with children and just anywhere in our relationships. If you start doing that, it muddies the water and then the person doesn't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. So setting those boundaries, but taking that moment to do that internal check of what is really important to me. What is it that I, and boundaries are sometimes there are things that should be sacred to us. We don't have to share everything. We don't have to, there should be pieces of us that are ours. And if people ask about that, you can say, no, that's an area I just don't talk about or whatever, but because that's, there's some stuff that should be ours. We should be able to express that when we want to express that but not be forced into it, not be forced into things that we are uncomfortable with. Young kids, part of our conversation today, you know, when kids want to smoke or do things that kids do and you have that kid and they're like, no, I don't really want to do that. And and that thing, well, why not? You don't want to be part of, you know, and it's like, that's a hard boundary. And, you know, it's hard for kids to stick to that because they also want to be included. But I think adults are just as much of that where they want to be a part of something. So People push those boundaries to try to make that happen. Well, I think it's especially hard for a kid to set a boundary. Yes. Um, because they are, they really are fearful of going to an adult and saying this or that. So I think that's where that listening with intent really comes in. So that you hear what's going on with the child and why they feel that way. And you're right. And I think if kids can set boundaries like, and, and we're talking small boundaries, that are important to them. And adults will be like, why is that important? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So the thing is, is that we want to remember that if we teach them in the home to set a boundary, think how much more of how much more healthy they're going to be when they get to be adults and they're able to say no. 
particularly young females. I say young female, but it's males. It doesn't matter. Being able to say no, being able to express what is important to them in their growth and development as well. So for that, we, we role model those behaviors. We role model even as adults when kids watch if we have a boundary or whatever it is. So remembering it still goes back to what we've talked about, listening with intention, speaking with intention, really giving that gift to the other person that we've heard them and that we will do our best to honor those boundaries in order to help them be more healthy as well. And so hopefully this is just a, a little bit for people to think about and and to kind of do a little bit of self-reflection and, and start asking yourselves, what boundaries are important to me? What am I becoming complacent or compromising on? Because sometimes when we do that, that is what the contributing factor to why our relationships are not healthy and, and are not working because we're not having enough awareness for ourselves. So this is a way in which we can do that and and just kind of start the thought process anyway and, you know, bring stuff into our awareness so that we can actually work on it and change something. And because at the end of the day, I think we all want to have those really healthy relationships where we don't feel like we're compromising too much or we don't feel like we're having to give up those pieces of us in order to be in relationships. So really, really important. Our next episodes, we are going to actually start talking about relationships, different kinds of relationships. What makes relationships healthy other than the communication? What are the things that we look for in those relationships? And if we don't have the most healthy relationship at this moment, what are the things we can do to make them more healthy? To make you enjoy going home instead of dreading going home, those kind of things, you know, and not just home. It's with any relationship. It can be friendships and stuff like that. Those are important things that we want to learn to role model for children as well. Even going to work, you know, even in your work environment and how you can, you know, improve there as well. Absolutely. So once again, thank you all so much for joining us. We we really appreciate it and we really are grateful for all of those who take the time to listen to our podcast and any feedback, like we said, is welcomed on our Facebook page and we look forward to hearing your comments and we hope that something we say sticks with you and gives you an idea of how to improve something because we're never at a perfect place. There's always room for improvement, and that's kind of where we're at. How do we improve even on that little tiny level? Anyway, thank you so much once again for listening. We look forward to our next podcast. We will talk soon. Bye. Bye.